This is COVID-19 Seattle. I'm Dave Ross. And I'm Aaron Granillo. Black Lives Matter is calling these protests these past few days too dangerous, not because of rioting and looting or police tear gas. It's because of the coronavirus. The official Black Lives Matter chapter in Seattle King County says it has not been involved in planning the protests for that reason. The group published a safety guide for those who do participate, asking people wear a face mask, gloves, and ideally even cover their hair. Patty Hayes from King County Public Health asked everyone with mild symptoms or any exposure to get tested. For the folks that have been exercising their rights in protest, you know, I'll say again the number one thing uh, for folks is to do the best they can to maintain social distance, to wear a mask, to really uh, be mindful not to go out if they're ill themselves. We also heard from infectious disease experts at the University of Washington. A group there signed a letter saying the protest against systemic racism must be supported. It circulated nationally and drew more than 1,200 signatures of supports. This group arguing that institutional racism is also a public health crisis and one that has gone on for decades. This makes the protests even during a pandemic, the group says, vital. Anna Scott asked the governor how he reconciles the ongoing protests with his ban on large gatherings in Washington state, which is a ban that has affected kids who are out of school, families and businesses. And here's what he had to say. You know, that's a legitimate question. The answer in part is because the U.S. Constitution protects free speech and the First Amendment. But people have been willing to accept the difficult decisions we've had to make to try to reduce uh, this pandemic. And I appreciate that. I hope we will continue in that spirit. Dave, I, I have a question. Um, the, the first large gathering that happened amidst all of this uh, pandemic was actually involving people who were against the governor's stay-home orders. You recall those thousands of people who showed up on the Capitol right. steps, right? And the governor called them selfish, Right. And now he's looking at these protesters, and obviously they're standing for something much different. Yeah, um, this is a, a really awkward moment for the right, governor because exactly. the First Amendment also includes freedom of <laughs> to worship as you please. Right. Now, they have they have allowed outdoor religious celebrations limited to, I think, what, 100 people or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at this point, he's got to throw that out. It doesn't make any sense to say the First Amendment protects these demonstrations, but doesn't protect um, other demonstrations or certainly the right of a, uh, a church service to be held uh, outdoors. I say outdoors because if we're going to be consistent, then the condition here that makes this not as horrible as it might otherwise be is that these demonstrations are outdoors where there's less chance of getting a concentrated dose of the virus. But, um, yeah, I think that's a, a pretty awkward explanation for the governor yeah. to give. I think a part of it, of course, uh, the obvious reason is they couldn't have stopped it anyway. So mm-hmm. what's the point of saying uh, this is an illegal gathering or this goes against public health rules? Uh, are you really going to try and move in the police and say this is for health reasons? Obviously not going to work. So it, it sounds to me like basically the state is open. There's no there's no reason any longer to uh, prohibit outdoor dining. It's one of these perfect storms, right, where yeah. nobody's really prepared to be even remotely consistent. But uh, you're absolutely right. And Hannah was right to ask that question. Yeah. If you're going to allow demonstrations of this size outdoors, you have to allow a similar size demonstration for any cause. If if the question is, how then do we protect people? The word about the virus has been out there. These are all very smart people. <laughs> uh, I don't think we're talking about people who are ignorant of the uh, the danger. And you either choose to go or you don't. The The only unfortunate thing is that to protect you, everybody else has got to be wearing the mask. And obviously, a lot of people 
are not. So, I mean, let's let's cross our fingers that maybe in this particular group, under those particular circumstances, it wasn't as uh, contagious as, as we've seen in other places. But time will tell. We, we should know in a couple of weeks. Starting today, it's going to be easier, faster, and cheaper to get tested for COVID-19 in Seattle. Two new free drive-through sites are opening. Seattle Fire will administer these tests up to 1,600 a day, and the UW Virology Lab will quickly process them. The city has leased two former vehicle emission test sites for these facilities. One is in the north end on Aurora. The other is in Soto. So the drive through sites and clients are asked to pre-register for appointments. The goal is for you to be in and out in less than 10 minutes. That Soto site opens today, the Aurora site on Monday. Seattle Fire Department Chief Harold Scoggins says the city is well prepared to expand testing this way. Right now, our testing supply cash, if we tested 1,600 people a day, we can last 45 days with our supplies that we have in stock right now. So I believe we're ready to go. My question here is, is this open just to Seattle or can anybody go? And apparently if you go to the website, it's it's pretty generic. So it sounds like whether you live in Seattle or not, or whether you have serious symptoms or not, they're happy to see you. Governor Inslee yesterday said anybody with mild symptoms should get checked out now. Mm-hmm. Um, so he sort of has lowered the threshold for uh, anybody who thinks they even might be sick or has been around somebody <laughs> who thinks they're sick should this? go get tested. <laughs> no, is it, so. so anybody can go. Is that, That's what, what I mean. I think so. I mean, that's kind of what he's saying. And I think it sounds like we finally have the capacity to allow for that to happen. Uh I mean, 1,600 a day is a decent number. And this is what the website says you'll need to get free testing, a photo ID with your date of birth, testing available regardless of your citizenship or immigration status. You do not need to have insurance or a doctor's note to schedule a test. And also, of course, as we mentioned, you will not be charged. This test is free. Well, then... I guess the line starts now. More than a quarter of all deaths worldwide have been in the United States, and the head of the CDC faced some hard questions from House Democrats on Thursday about significant mistakes in the U.S. response to the virus. And that includes shipping out a faulty test in February, which affected cities like Seattle and Everett, where the virus, of course, cropped up in January. There was also criticism over the failure of the CDC to report data on racial disparities among coronavirus cases and deaths. And that's the data that Congress specifically asked for as part of their April relief package. And it's become clear the disease is infecting and killing minority groups at a higher rate. At four-page reports, the CDC published last week falls woefully short of that demand. Lawmakers said the data was incomplete. We will be back tomorrow and every day after with a 10-minute rundown of the daily local news. You can subscribe to this podcast. You can also find our news coverage on MindNorthwest.com or listen live at 97.3 FM.